0: We all deal with different types of loss and grief, and so I want to say, as my trauma therapist has often said to me, to borrow my confidence that the God that I have trusted and that has helped me on my faith walk is strong and sovereign and can do the same for you in whatever you're facing.
1: Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. I recently read this quote from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, quote, The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion gentleness and a deep loving concern beautiful people do not just happen end quote that could very well describe our guest today michelle horde has faced unspeakable tragedy and unbearable suffering and yet she brings us a beautiful powerful message of hope michelle has worked in television for over 30 years in network news and entertainment She's been a vice president of creative content and talent management for NBC Universal. But no matter where she's worked, she has inspired creativity in all of its forms. And she recently wrote a book called The Other Side of Yet. When you hear Michelle's story, you'll be moved as I was, learning about such hope born out of such loss, such beauty coming out of ashes. What an honor to hear from Michelle, her courage and her honesty, her faith in a good God, even in the face of terrible evil, her trust in his strength when hers was gone. It is holy ground.
0: I met my um, former husband In my early 20s, he was actually my brother's resident assistant in college. And so he came home with my brother for the weekend. Um, And we hit it off right away. uh, And because we were at different points in our lives and lived in different places, we stayed in touch but did not date seriously. And uh, when we were both in New York in our early 30s, we began dating and got married uh, in 2007. When I think about our time together, as often happens with divorce, um, you know, you have an idea of what your marriage is going to be like, and I think a lot of times we have a picture in our mind and a picture that we put out to the world, and unfortunately, over time, as people grow and change, you find that the words and the pictures don't always align, and that certainly was the case for me. And uh, we were blessed with a little girl, Gabrielle. And as Gabrielle started to get older, as a woman, it became important to me that I was living a life that showed her how a woman should be treated as a wife, um, that showed her true partnership. And unfortunately, I didn't feel like my marriage could do that anymore after Christian counseling and you know, marriage counseling. And so I asked my then husband for a divorce. So after several months of a very tumultuous back and forth um, divorce proceeding, my husband did not want to get a divorce and really fought it up until the very, very last minute of agreeing to sign the terms. And I'll never forget... Um, him calling and saying that he would sign the papers. And I left work in a rush because I was afraid if I didn't get to him quick enough, he'd change his mind. Um, And while I never felt like I was in any danger or Gabrielle was in any danger, the friction and tension in the household had gotten to the point that I actually moved out a few months prior to him signing um, the agreement because I just didn't want her to be exposed to arguing and bickering. Um, I wanted this to be as stable and smooth a transition for her as possible. And so while we were in the process of working out terms, Gabrielle would go back and forth between our family home where her father lived still and a rental home that I had taken during this process. So we met to sign the papers and as we were leaving, he said to me, I'm sorry for everything that's happened during this process. And it just really lifted my heart because again, this was someone I'd known my entire adult life who I shared a child with. And so I gave him a hug and said, all that matters, we were friends before we were married. All that matters at this point is our friendship and co-parenting for our daughter. And we went our separate ways. He went back to the family home where Gabrielle was spending the night, and I went back to the rental home. And I remember so clearly in tears, thankfully calling prayer warriors who had been praying that this would come to resolution, family and friends, and really feeling like I was about to start a new chapter. And the irony, of course, is that I was about to start a new chapter, but it did not look anything like what I imagined. I slept well that night. I got up the next morning, and as I did every morning when Gabrielle was not physically with me, I sent her a video text recording to her father's phone. I received a reply um, via text that sounded like something she would say. I went to work. And... About 2 or 3 o'clock that afternoon, I was away from my phone for just a minute and saw a missed call from our nanny. And certainly, any mom knows that if you see a missed call from school or from a caregiver when you're away, it gets your attention quickly. And so I immediately called her back, and the call was met with just hysteria. And it was clear that she had walked into our family home and walked into a crime scene. And my initial thought was that Gabrielle was at school, which is what I assumed. I had not received any notification from the school that stated otherwise. And that her father had perhaps killed himself and, you know, just started to rack my brain and pray about how to manage coping with that with her. And then very quickly, I started to just feel this dark heaviness set in. And so I called a dear friend who was a fellow mom at the school and uh, did not work outside the home and asked her if she'd seen Gabrielle that morning at the school. And she said no. And all of a sudden, the scenario became very, very different. And the possibilities of the unknown became darker than I could have ever imagined. And I went and found a little, literally a little closet space, and got on my knees on the floor and said, God, I don't know what I'm about to walk into, but please just give me the strength to handle whatever it is. There was a long, slow, probably hour and a half ride to get back to the family home. As I got closer and closer, people who originally were calling and wanting to understand what was going on and racing to the scene themselves had stopped calling and texting back. And that really told me everything I knew. Certainly if there was good news, someone would have called me. I pulled up to a crime scene where my family home was, and the first person I saw was my pastor, and he literally pulled me out of the car and confirmed the worst, that my daughter had been murdered by my then-husband, who was then in custody. So, as soon as the ride from the crime scene back to the rental home where I was living, as obviously shock and dread and just horror set in and people began to find out. The book of Job came to mind. I grew up in the church and was certainly familiar with the story of Job. And I looked up because this verse just spoke to my heart and spirit, and I truly believe it was God throwing me a lifeline. And it's the beginning of uh, Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And it became a battle cry for me. And the only way I survived those early moments and hours and days of not just losing my daughter, but losing my daughter to violence, losing my daughter at the hands of her father, I held tight to that verse. I held tight to that verse and felt like for something of this magnitude to happen, there was something in it that I was supposed to do. I, I I never will believe God did this to my daughter. I believe there are evil forces in the universe. But what I know is that God can take what was made for evil and meant for evil and use it for good. Even talking about it now, almost five years later, you know, I, I can feel the pain and the heaviness in my heart that will never go away. But what I saw early on as I began to write uh, in my journal, really just for myself and my own healing, as I began to pray more, as I began to study the Bible and study Job, as I spoke at Gabrielle's funeral, that people were inspired. I had people tell me they hadn't prayed in years until they went to her service and heard me speak, that they were finding their way back to God. And so I saw early on that God was somehow creating these little miracles of light that I couldn't quite see at the time, but that were showing up for other people. And so I tried to stay focused on that. So I'd like to share something from the Jesus Storybook Bible. And it is the chapter called A Dream of Heaven. And as I think of Both my daughter and my mother in heaven watching over me. This passage just speaks to my heart and and gives me such hope. I see a sparkling city shimmering in the sky, glittering, glowing, coming down from heaven and from the sky. Heaven is coming down to earth. God's city is beautiful. Walls of topaz, jasmine, sapphire, wide streets paved with gold, gleaming pearl gates that are never locked shut. Where is the sun? Where is the moon? They aren't needed anymore. God is all the light people need. No more darkness. No more night. And the king says, look, God and his children are together again. No more running away or hiding. No more crying or being alone or afraid. No more being sick or dying because all those things are gone. Yes, they're gone forever. Everything sad has come untrue. And see, I have wiped away every tear from every eye. And then a deep, beautiful voice that sounded like thunder in the sky says, look, I am making everything new. I think it's important for people of faith to have confidence in their faith. I think a lot of times when we hear stories, stories like mine, we think to ourselves, gosh, my faith isn't that strong. I couldn't do that. Do I trust in God that much? And I just want to reassure people, God is that strong. It's not about us. God will give you what you need when you need it. We all deal with different types of loss and grief, and so I want to say, as my trauma therapist has often said to me, to borrow my confidence that the God that I have trusted and that has helped me on my faith walk is strong and sovereign and can do the same for you in whatever you're facing.
1: You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at sallylloydjones and at jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, Thank you.